Welcome to the Birth Warrior Podcast. In each episode, we feature the stories of birth warriors, women who have persevered to find their own truth in pregnancy and birth. As you hear these women share their stories of love, autonomy, connection, and power, it is our deepest wish that you will be inspired, empowered, and supported to find your own truth. We are honored these women have stepped forward to share their personal stories and to help us remember that we all have the power to choose what is right for us. The Birth Warrior Podcast is a presentation of the Indie Birth Association and is not intended to be medical advice. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Birth Warrior Podcast. I am your host, Jaden Graham. And on today's episode, we have Bridget. Bridget is a wife stay-at-home mother of two beautiful girls and a follower of Christ. Through her pregnancy, labor, and birth, Bridget found healing and strength in ways she didn't know were possible, overcoming intense anxieties and fears, letting go of control, and trusting that God was with her through it all. And I hope you all enjoy this episode. Thank you so much for being here. (laughs) Hi, Bridget. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. I'm excited. Oh, I'm excited to have you here. Um, So wherever you would like to begin your story, please share. All right. Um, I think I'll just start with my pregnancy, or I guess even before my pregnancy with my second daughter. My first pregnancy is the reason why everything for my second pregnancy and birth and everything happened the way it did. Um, So since my first pregnancy and birth and labor and all that, I had wanted to be as natural as possible. And I ended up going with a midwife group in hospitals. And by the end of my pregnancy, I had, I was induced um, for preeclampsia and just had super traumatic experience in the hospital um, with a random OB that I didn't know because the midwives didn't come anyway. Mm. (laughs) So since like processing that, I knew probably even before we had started trying for a second baby um, that I did not want to do that again. I didn't Mm want to be Um, in a hospital at all. I wanted to do a home birth and I knew that I wanted that for my first pregnancy, but just didn't know the ways to do it um, where I was. Um, So I did so much research before we even started trying to get pregnant. I was like, okay, to my husband, I was like, okay, so we're going to do this. I'm not going to go to the the hospital. We'll be at home. It'll be fine. It'll be great. Um, And I reached out to so many midwives in the area, um, like, hey, am I a candidate? Because I had preeclampsia and all these midwives, I had, like, they told me I had all these things that it wouldn't be safe for me to be at home. And and the midwives that I talked to, the home birth midwives, were like, yeah, that'd be totally fine. But I didn't really, um, like vibe with them not in like a bad way just like I didn't feel like completely comfortable being myself 
So I was like, okay, well, I don't want somebody in my space that I can't be fully myself. So then I um, entered the world of free birth where I learned about that. And I was like, wow, that sounds awesome because I don't want like my experience to be like tainted how it was with somebody that I didn't know and want around me. Um, so that's how I got into all that. I found like a free birth group on um, on Facebook and then everybody shared their stories. And so once we got pregnant again um, with Abigail, mm-hmm. um, I went to like the midwife group that I had been with my first pregnancy because I had learned that there's so much like that's involved with getting like a birth certificate and stuff. And I wanted to have like proof of pregnancy or whatever. Um, and so I went to them a couple times, but it was also during COVID. So mm-hmm. had to wear a mask. Um, and with my health issues, it's hard to wear a mask in the first place. And then I went maybe, I went one time in person and then it was virtual visits which I felt like we're dumb because it's like mm-hmm. I could do all this myself anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next visit I had went in person, I was like 13 weeks pregnant or something. And they were already talking about a second induction. And I was like, wow, I'm having no, yeah, I was <laughs> like, I'm having no issues with this pregnancy. I totally like, I learned about like the brewer's diet and like all these things mm-hmm. that I could do to support my body and the pregnancy that I didn't know the first time. Cause nobody, nobody told me and I didn't know. And I was doing all these things. They're like, yeah, you should go on baby aspirin. And you know, we should talk about induction. I was like, I thought you guys were natural in the first place. Like what mm-hmm. is happening? Right. Um, and I had already planned that I was just going to go to them and then just like birth at home and then call them and be like oh the baby came Mm -hmm. um but they they hated that I didn't want any ultrasounds um I like they were like super uncomfortable with not wanting the dating ultrasound I was like yeah I'll wait and then we'll do an anatomy scan and then we got closer to that and I was like I don't want to do an anatomy scan Mm -hmm. um with my first pregnancy with my first pregnancy at my anatomy scan, they um, supposedly found markers for Down syndrome and recommended termination. And then like every Mm -hmm. time I went in, they kept bringing it up. I was like, no. And so that was like, wasn't traumatic at the time or anything, but it was like super Mm off-putting. It was like, they didn't respect, my answer was no. And they kept bringing it up every time. So I didn't even want to have to have somebody say something or whatever, because I felt truly like everything was good. Like I didn't think I needed it. And they're like, okay, well, you can't come anymore. We can't, we can't um, be your midwives because you have to get an anatomy scan to be with us. I was like, okay, well, that was easy. That was an easy way to, leave you without like stressing about it mm-hmm. um because I was like stressed about how am I going to tell them that I'm not going to come in or whatever so that happened and so then it was like from that point on it was I think I was probably like 15-ish weeks pregnant 
maybe 18 or something. I can't remember. Um, where then from that point on, it was just me doing my own um, care. Um, and by that, I didn't really do much. I checked my pee sometimes mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. of my history with preeclampsia and like mm -hmm. my blood pressure, which was perfect. The entire pregnancy, labor, everything, which was like wild to me, like how different it was from my first, because my first, like my blood pressure was like skyrocketed by the end of pregnancy. And it was really scary for me because I had low blood pressure to begin with. Mm -hmm. um, so I did that all on my own and I felt good about everything. And I had, I did have a doula that I hired um, and she was like super awesome and like totally, she's like a birth keeper doula type, not like just a doula or mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and she was awesome and totally supported and encouraged me. Like, not that I was uncomfortable doing anything on my own. It was more so just like the extra, like you can do it, which was really, really valuable to me. Um, so I'll fast forward towards the end of my pregnancy. I started getting like the worst anxiety. Um, I, I remember I took like a month or two months before my like due date um, area. I took a month off of social media to like clear my mind, my energy, everything, because it was just like, the world is crazy in the first place. <laughs> and yeah. then um, I didn't want anything to like leech in. Um, I was like, I was seeing other people's pregnancies and things going wrong with them. Um, and like, just like random people, people that I didn't know, like YouTube people that I was watching were like, this lady needed an emergency C-section early and the placenta was in the way. And so I internalized that and convinced myself that my placenta was going to be in the way. Mm. Um, and I was going to be at home and I, that something would go wrong and it would be all my fault and somebody would die. <laughs> and yeah. I was like spiraling. Mm. Um, so that was like a really rough feeling, especially because I, I so like had so much trauma surrounding hospitals mm -hmm. that like, I was okay with, if I need to go to the hospital, I'll go to the hospital, but I really didn't want to have to go to the hospital. Mm -hmm. um, so it was like a constant, like, oh, but if something goes wrong and then I would be like incredibly anxious, like could barely function. Um, and I would pray and, you know, like at any time I would pray about it and like, just listen, it was, you're safe, your baby is healthy, like everything is good and this is the right choice. Um, and that was my entire, like the entire leading of leaving the midwife group and doing it on my own. Like I followed the leading of the spirit that was telling me, this is the choice for you. And then I would just get like anxious and, and second guess it and be like, oh no, but if something goes wrong and it's all my fault and like, 
people are going to blame me for like something. I don't know. Um, so that was like my biggest um, barrier in like being good and having like a positive experience, although it was a positive experience. Um, but the anxiety then was like a hard battle that I had to constantly like check in with myself and my baby in the spirit and be like, is this okay? Am I okay? Um, mm -hmm. And it was always, it was always a yes, you're okay. And this is safe and you're safe. Mm -hmm. um, and I had to learn to like, just kind of trust that and be like, okay, I'm hearing this right. And that's good. Cause I had like a broken trust with like my intuition and hearing the spirit because my, before I even had my first child, I had a miscarriage and through that, like, I like lost trust with like my body, myself, God, where it was just kind of like, ah, I don't think things are good. I can't trust that things will be stay good. Like, so there was that whole push and pull of that aspect that I didn't deal with until <laughs> everything where I had to trust um, in all that. I didn't deal with it until then. So then well, I guess fast forward to my birth story because that's where it all came to a head. Um, I woke up, it was like midnight. My two-year-old was nursing because um, she was still nursed through the night for quite a while and then like 10 minutes later I started feeling contractions um and I was like so excited because it was it was five days after like my due date mm -hmm. um and I was like so anxious that like the baby would stay in forever <laughs> even though I knew like that's not how it works mm -hmm. babies come out right <laughs> um was my first I was induced a week early so I never went even to my due date um and like the whole pregnancy I was like she's gonna come late I just know it um but still once it was past the due date there was all like the pressure of oh no you know like something something will go wrong because I'm past the due date and then whatever mm -hmm. the yeah. anxiety again um so it was yeah it was like midnight my daughter woke up, she nursed, went back to sleep. And then like 10 minutes later, like I started having contractions. I was like, okay, yes, this is it. I know these are contractions. Cause like a week prior, like I kept getting Braxton Hicks and being like, oh, is this it? Is this it? And it mm -hmm. was not it. Um, and then I felt like a real contraction. I was like, oh, this is, this is it. Yeah. So I tried to sleep, but I was like too excited. Mm -hmm. um, and I would just like close my eyes and they were like every 10 minutes for like maybe an hour or two because I had like a clock that I was looking at in the room. And then after like an hour or two, I started like tracking them because I wanted because I wanted to know um, when I wanted to call my doula. Mm -hmm. So then um, a couple hours went by, I called my doula. I was like, hey, things are getting like, they're getting more like, I can't like relax totally through them. I'm checking my notes right here. I have a little story that my doula wrote out that has like the timing of everything. It's really helpful. Um, so I called her at like three in the morning um, 
I was like, hey, maybe you can come now. Because I definitely, I wanted somebody there to like, not to touch me, not to help me through anything, but just mm-hmm. to like be like a calming presence because I knew myself because my anxiety I was like I need somebody to like talk me down because Mm -hmm. uh, just like who I am is just an anxious person in general Mm -hmm. um 5 30 my doula comes um my my daughter is up five o'clock in the morning was probably around when I woke up my husband I was like hey the doula is coming soon so maybe you should just get yourself ready um I didn't wake anybody up like throughout the night like everything was calm everything was really calm and um gentle like that's a weird way maybe to put it but the contractions were like gentle and just kind of like slow um they happen like every five minutes but it was just like they weren't intense um and so woke up my husband my daughter wakes up with a crack of dawn so she was awake um and I around that time is when I just started like losing energy because I hadn't eaten anything um I didn't want to eat anything because I was nauseous and I didn't want to throw up because my first pregnancy I threw up I mean my first labor I threw up like the entire time that I was in labor and it was so intense Mm -hmm. and like the memories of that were like oh no I don't want to do that again so I was like if I don't eat I won't throw up which is the dumbest thing Mm -hmm. um because by like six in the morning I was like laying on the couch I was like I don't know how I'm gonna even do this like how like in my head it wasn't going to be a long labor and it was a long, I mean, I guess not a super long labor, but it was like longer than I had anticipated. Um, so I'm like laying on the couch and like the anxiety of, oh, I'm going to lose my energy and I'm not going to be able to like do anything and I'm going to have to go to the hospital and they're going to be mean to me because I don't have a doctor and um, all of that, like where I was just kind of anxious again. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just laying on the couch. And, and then I was anxious about the fact that like the contractions weren't getting more intense or mm-hmm. um, like closer together, like they were fairly close together. But then I was just like, oh, they should be more intense because it's been like five hours already. And um, it needs to like progress because if it doesn't progress, then I'm going to be in labor forever, which <laughs> nobody's in labor forever. But yeah. Um, and then I was thinking, oh, maybe the baby's not in a good position and she's going to get stuck. And then the placenta thing comes back into my head. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, no, like I'm going to have to go in and get a C-section. And that, that was just like, um, in my head, like the majority of labor is like, there's going to be something wrong. I'm going to have to go in and they're going to have to cut me open, (laughs) like just playing over and over in my head. Um, and it was just like hard to get it to stop like running over and over in my head where Mm -hmm. it's just like, there's something wrong. 
Um, and that's how I felt with my first pregnancy or my first labor being induced, um, the way that it was, was super, super, super intense, very different from the relaxed nature of the second labor, but the same like mindset was there's something wrong. This isn't right. Right. Um, probably like the trauma from the first one mm-hmm. coming back into my head and being like, Oh, nothing is right anymore. Mm. Um, so a little while passed and I'm just like laying on the couch, like this entire time. And then I like feel guilty that I'm laying on the couch because I'm like, Oh, I should be moving and making it happen faster because like now my doula is here for a couple hours and nothing is even happening and I don't want anybody to touch me. So what's the point of her even being here? And, and she's just like, just breathe. Mm-hmm. You're, you're okay. Mm-hmm. Like I needed, I needed somebody to like, be like, Hey, like it's okay. Mm-hmm. Cause like my brain just like was like nonstop. <laughs> um, and so I think it's probably, like 10 o'clock or nine o'clock in the morning where I was just like, maybe I could eat some like deli turkey or something like something Mm -hmm. like that sounded okay. So my husband and my daughter went to the store. Um, and then my doula was talking to me and just like, cause I was like, she could see that I was scared. Um, like I was convinced that things were going wrong and she knew that like, I was like just super tense and like, I couldn't relax at all either. I think part of me was like scared of labor progressing even, even though like I thought it should be more progressed. Part of me was like every contraction, I would just like tense up to like not let it happen or not let the contraction do what it's supposed to do. Um, So she ended up talking to me and we talked about how like I had this lack of trust in like myself and my body and God and knowing that like things would be okay because of the miscarriage that I had mentioned. And we just had like a good conversation and I prayed and, and God was like, you're okay and you're safe and it's going to be okay. Um, Again, like just the same thing. Anytime I actually like, stopped listening to just like the anxiety in my head and just listen to like the spirit and just like calmed myself down and it was just like you're safe and this is okay um and then I think maybe like an hour or two later my sister came over um to be with my daughter because it was like a lot to have her (laughs) just running around and doing things while I was like having a contraction she would like come and like want to like touch my stomach and it would be like a lot so my sister came from she was in like Brooklyn at the time so she was like a three-hour drive and I called her in the morning and she came down um which was super awesome because I didn't want anybody else to know that I was in labor she's like well why don't you call mom she's only like half hour 45 minutes away. I was like I don't want her to know because I didn't I don't know I felt like it was taking so long that I didn't want anybody to know or else like I don't know they'd be like ah shouldn't you have a baby by now or something mm-hmm. um so I stuck and then like things progressed and I remember I checked my 
I checked myself for like dilation multiple times throughout all of the beginning of labor or not the beginning, mid labor. Cause I was like, oh, if I don't dilate, then there's no baby that's going to come out. <laughs> um, and I don't really, I'm not an expert in that. And so I was like, ah, maybe I'm dilating more. And um, I remember going in the bathroom and laboring on the toilet because it was like the most relaxing spot. And that's how I labored in my first pregnancy too, like the toilet the entire time. So I sat on the toilet and just kind of labor for a while and then got in the shower and the shower was like the most beautiful thing I've ever experienced <laughs> having contractions with the water hitting my back mm. which was something I wasn't expecting to like it so much um I wasn't like I didn't prepare for a water birth at all because for my first I was like dying of heat so I was like warm water sounds disgusting um but then I was like oh this is great so I then like sat in the tub for a while and because that was when things like shifted and labor was or contractions were like actually intense um and I like wanted the relief of that instead of just like laying down um and then I ended up like pooping and throwing up in the tub so and mm -hmm. I didn't prepare for that mm -hmm. I didn't have anything mm -hmm. to like like oh well I guess I am not giving birth in a tub yeah. um so but it was nice um because everything got like really intense for just a short amount of time it was probably only like half an hour where things were just kind of intense got out of the shower and then laid back down on the couch and I think I took a nap um and then went back into the bathroom and I remember like I didn't want to like have anything on my lower body because I knew it was coming like I knew things were progressing but um my I I'm a the trauma that I had in the hospital then plus just my past of being um an assault survivor like I was like okay well I need to have underwear on and then I put like a pad on because I was like well if I poop and I can relax <laughs> <laughs> and I can have like, mm -hmm. like taken care of, I guess. So mm -hmm. I was just kind of like chilling and able to relax a little bit more once I did that because it was more just comfortable for me. Um, I put on this, this was a while, a little, probably a couple hours before this. I put this song on, it's called I'm Not in a Hurry by Will Regan and just like the song spoke to me so much because I was like yeah like I'm not in a hurry like why am I such a hurry to get this baby out when it's like it's happening like it's going to happen like I don't need to rush it um that was a couple hours before I forgot about that um but that was really like a turning point where I was like I was able to relax and be like yeah everything is okay <laughs> um so back to, yeah, I like kind of took a nap on the couch, went back. I was like in and out of the bathroom and the couch, like on and off for the rest of labor. Um, and I remember like my doula, she didn't, she wasn't, she was never like in my space. She was just kind of like aside and 
she would be like, breathe, relax, don't push. <laughs> because like, I was kind of pushing, but like not like wanting to, like my body was just like tense and whatever. Um, she would like go to the bathroom and be like, breathe and relax, like outside the door, which I needed to hear. But I remember every time I heard it, I was just like, I can't do that. I can't, I can't just relax. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember getting so annoyed um, by having somebody like tell me to relax. Mm-hmm. Also, like, I don't like people telling me what to do in the first place. Yeah, um, <laughs> totally. <laughs> I remember then I checked myself again and then like had my bloody show. I was like, oh this means this is good. Like, I'm not going to be in labor forever. And I was like the turning point. I was like, yes. Um, I threw up again. Or maybe that was at the time that I threw up. I can't even remember. Um, And then I was like, I called out to them. I was like, hey, I think the baby's going to come soon. Um, And they set up, we had like this giant roll of plastic that we were going to use to like put over our garden over the winter time. Um, but it was the summer and we had never used it. Um, so they like put out like those tarps, like over the couch and on the floor and, um, set everything up. And then that was like two 30, maybe in the afternoon. Um, and then like, maybe like half an hour later, um I remember the the contractions then getting like just like close together and super intense and I just like yelled like I can't do this which is exactly what I yelled in my first pregnancy and labor where (laughs) in the hospital I was like just cut me open Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I was like I can't do this anymore Mm -hmm. um and then so that was I have the time from my doula story that I wrote that was 250 um, where I yelled that and then I was like kneeling along the couch um, and then 15 minutes later so 3.05 my water broke and I remember the pressure of the water breaking was the most intense thing I've ever felt because my first they broke my water so I never experienced that um, I remember like feeling the bag of waters before it broke because I reached down and like felt it I was like whoa um and then like when the water broke it was just such a um the relief that I felt was insane because it was just like so much pressure building up and I didn't expect that um and so anyway I was just along the couch like kneeling on the floor leaning on the couch cushion um and a couple minutes later her head started coming out and I remember my doula she's like I see eyebrows and it was like so encouraging because it felt like it was taking forever Mm -hmm. Um, and then there was like a little pause like probably right where her eyes came out and um I felt her head like wiggling around. Mm -hmm. Um, At the time, I thought somebody was wiggling her head. 
And I was like, so mad. I was like, what the heck is somebody touching her right now? <laughs> um, I asked later on, I was like, I was like, Andrew, did you touch her? He's like, no. I was like, oh, okay. She must have just been trying to wiggle her way out. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, like, I think it was maybe like two, three contractions um, after. Then her shoulders came out wild. I was like roaring. I was not expecting to be so loud. Um, like pushing out my first daughter, like I was completely silent. Wasn't it? Wasn't like an intense thing. It was like the easiest part. But then this time it was like, um, I like roared her out. It was, I, it was like a whole other, I was like on a whole other planet. Like (laughs) it was wild for me. Um, and then my husband caught her as she was coming out, Mm. um, which I wanted him to catch her if I, if I, if I wasn't like in the position that I could reach her, I wanted him to. Um, so he caught her and then we had like, my underwear was down around my knees. Cause I had pulled them down, like right before the water broke. And so I had not moved from that position. So as he tried handing her to me, like the umbilical cord wrapped around my underwear. So he like grabbed the scissors to cut my underwear off mm-hmm. because I couldn't like the umbilical cord was pretty short. He was short with my first as well is, um, I don't know, like 13 inches or something Mm -hmm. with my first and second. So like I could barely get her up. Um, So that was like the most uncomfortable part probably after she was born where I was like trying to like just kind of hold her, but it was like pulling the umbilical cord. Um, But she came out and she was like pretty quiet. She, um, well, I didn't know she was a she. That was like the best part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I remember like I didn't even think about it all of all of labor I was I had been convinced it was going to be a boy and I finally had settled on a boy name the, the day prior even though I had a girl named the entire pregnancy mm-hmm. um, so like the entire oh, it's a boy and I was like okay and then I remember after my husband handed me like through my legs to her, I'm like holding her. She like pooped all over me. <laughs> um, and I'm like, just, like rubbing her back and her head and like, ah, oh, holding her head with the slimy, everything on it is like my favorite memory in the entire world. And I have mm. a picture every time I see it, I'm like, Oh, I love it so much. Um, I'm like rubbing her back. Cause she didn't cry. She was breathing. Um, but she didn't cry or anything and so I was like oh is she okay let me check like make sure everything's good she had like grayish not grayish more purpley like fingers and stuff so I was like okay let me make sure everything's good I'm like rubbing her um and then she finally cried it was maybe probably only like two minutes or something it wasn't long but it felt like forever and then I looked down I was like you're a girl I was like the first thing I said was just like shock that it was a girl because I really I really wanted a girl even though I didn't want to admit that I wanted another girl Mm -hmm. um, because I'd be happy with with anything you know but um, I was like so excited because her name is Abigail Jane and it was just like the perfect name I didn't want to have to use another name (laughs) (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. she came out and everything just is like there's so much, there was so much peace, 
so much peace after that where I was like, I don't have to be scared. Everything was good. God was honest with me. He told me the truth. I didn't mishear anything. Everything was good. And um, that like totally like healed parts of me that couldn't like trust in God anymore or like myself even, or my body, um, right? Like I felt like betrayed in the past by my body and God and things. And this whole experience, like it re-inspired confidence that I do hear God and the Holy Spirit. And I do, I can trust what I hear and I don't have to second guess or be like, ah, is that the truth though? I don't know. Like if I can just take the time to listen in and trust, I can trust. Um, so it was really such a healing experience to know that like I can trust and I, I can just kind of and things will be okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like maybe sometimes things won't be okay. Um, but it's not because I, it's not because of like, I shouldn't trust. It's just sometimes things aren't okay. And that's okay yeah. too. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was yeah. such, it was a really, it was a really healing experience for me. And now I, um, the trauma of like being in the hospital birth setting and whatever like I had such um a disdain for like all medical (laughs) anything Mm -hmm. um where I mean like I don't use medical stuff I mean I haven't had to Mm -hmm. but now I'm at a place of healing where I'm like okay if it's necessary like I'm not going to go out of my way to not use it just because I'm mad about something. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's been a really, that's another whole level of healing where like I can, I can see the value of medicine and medical workers and stuff like that. Even if I don't want to <laughs> be in that setting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. Well, Bridget, thank you so much um, for your really potent and um, yeah, honest share. I really appreciate you. Thank you so much for sharing your story. I'm so honored to have you here today. And I'm so honored um, that you allowed me to record you today. It's such, such a privilege, truly. Um, and is there any last parting words of wisdom that you would like to leave our listeners with today? Um, I, I just want to say that like anxiety is such a liar. There's so much, um, (laughs) there's so much untruths that come with anxiety and like second guessing things and I just want people to know that they can trust their intuition their body God you can trust that like things work out well and (laughs) things work out for for good um 
and you don't have to be scared of things going wrong all the time. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, that is a <laughs> that is a a harsh. It's a really hard teacher, but it's a good. But it's yeah. such a good one. It's such an important, yeah. important, important thing to always remember and just continue to to again continue to remember and just to just keep with yeah. you for for sure. Well, thank you for that. <laughs> and Bridget, thank you so thank much. You so again. much. Yeah, of course. Thank you so <laughs> much. Oh, man. Thank you so much for listening. Storytelling is a profound agent of change, one that has the ability to plant seeds of inspiration, introspection, and beyond. If you have an empowering birth story that you would like to share on our podcast, please head over to IndieBirth.org forward slash birth warrior to send your submissions. That's IndieBirth.org forward slash birth warrior. Hope you have a beautiful week wherever you are in the world. Until next time, friends.